1: Listening to the Vox Media podcast network.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's right. I need this to wake me up. Oh yeah, feel those drums. Right. We are back with part two of our UFC 269 post-fight coverage. The final pay-per-view event of 2021 is in the books. Charles Oliveira, still the UFC lightweight champion, and Juliana Pena, a brand new UFC women's bantamweight champion. We're here to recap all the action with all of you. We got the whole crew here. I am Mike Heck. We got AK Lee. We got Jed Mishu. We got Casey Leiden. And... Oh. Oh, oh, that's the wrong camera. You know, you know, we also got... We're sponsored by uh, by GoPro, apparently. GoPro? So...
4: Look at this. Oh. On location. Can we hear, ya? Can like we hear you? Can we hear
3: you? Look at that. Gaffer I can't hear him. What's, what? what? Hey, we can't hey, hear you. Oh, what's going on? Oh, there he is. Oh, he's coming in. Sean O'Shadi is here as well. Hello, Sean. Sean? What's going on,
4: fellas? I can like, barely hear you, but we can just go for it.
3: You know, it's funny you say that because we could barely hear you. We're like five peas in a pod right now. So uh, thank you for joining us. But first, let, let, let me just let me just shout out the theme of uh, of this post fight show. We're going to call this UFC 269 post fight show dot dot victory laps, because apparently everybody wants to take a victory lap right now. A.K., I know you want to take your own victory lap. We will get to you in a moment, but we got to go with with what's trending. And Jed Machu, you are trending Bigger than Daniel Bryan was during his run in the WWE when the Yes Movement was taking over the universe. You are the Daniel Bryan, Jed Michoud of MMA Media. You went out on a limb, the biggest limb in the history of limbs. You set it into a live microphone, not once, not twice, but three times that Juliana Pena would leave the T-Mobile Arena tonight as the bantamweight champion, and sure enough. She has the bantamweight title with her right now. Lap away, my friend. Lap away.
5: Man, y'all are never gonna hear the end of this one. This <laughs> is. I was I was doing the live blog for the site, and I apologize to anyone who did not buy the pay per view and was just trying to read that because that's probably the worst live blog I've ever written. Because <laughs> when, when Pena started dinging her up in the second round, I was trying to type, but I kind of just like, oh, my God, this is about to happen. I'm going to be the smartest man alive. <laughs> and and then it just kept going. And at any point in time, I was expecting one of the haymakers Nunez was throwing back to, like, end, <laughs> end all of my hopes and dreams in the saddest way. Because, look. Penny won. Dope. But let's not forget, like, she did kind of get tooled up in that first round. Every time Nunez touched her, she was dropping her. And so when she just dug down into this brawling thing, I was like, this is incredible. She's going to do it. But then, oh, my goodness, what if she just gets clipped here? (laughs) Because Nunez was still just trying to find her. That whole sequence was awesome. I was yelling just at my TV while I was going Um I have I've never been a big Juliana Pena fan, but that was easily like one of the most fun fight experiences of my life watching that happen in real time.
3: This is so sick. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing moment. Uh, I'm glad you got to say that. Sean, I- I'm glad you're here. You were – I mean you're, you're in the building right now. You're in the building. You were there as Juliana Pena became – the Bantamweight champion of the world. She did something that nobody expected her to do. She's a min- – Amanda News is a minus 1,000 favorite, except for Jed Mishu. Jed Mishu That's and right. Michael Chiesa were the only – and Juliana Payne were the only three people on this earth who felt Juliana Payne would win this fight. What did you think, man? You're there taking it all in. What was that like for you to, to be a part of?
0: Man, utter shock. Utter and complete shock, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, nobody in this building couldn't could believe it. Nobody in the arena could believe it. None of the media could believe it. And the way it happened, too, it wasn't just some fluke thing, right? It wasn't just some flash knockout. It wasn't just some random submission that she caught. There was sort of a, a process through it. That second round, that you could see this sort of developing. And it was just it was mystifying, man. It's honestly one of the most incredible things I've ever had the privilege to see in this sport. I mean, we we, we try not to be too reactionary on these sort of post-fight things, right? These sort of vehicles for these post white thoughts, but it's hard for me not to say that that's the biggest upset in UFC history. We've been talking about Amanda Nunes as the goat, as the female goat, as the greatest female fighter of all time for so long at this point. She has held that belt for six years. She took it from Misha Tate, of all people, and Misha Tate's gone through a retirement and and a comeback in that time. And Amanda Nunes was the one constant. She's been the one constant in the UFC for so, so, so long, and for Juliana, Juliana Pena, who... At one point, you know, she blew out every ligament in her knee uh, seven years ago. She had the long layoff uh, four years ago, five years ago. A couple years ago, she was a loser of two of three, and it was just, it never felt like it was going to happen. And now all of a sudden, she's the one that beat a man and owns it. But not even that, she broke a man and she made her tired. She forced her to quit. It's unbelievable. It's hard for me to say that this is not the greatest upset in UFC history.
3: It's definitely up there. I think a lot of people can make, I mean, obviously. The three big ones that come up are, are tonight, obviously GSP and Sarah, and then Michael Bisping and Luke Rockhold. Uh, all three excellent choices. You can make arguments for all three, but man, I, it, it, this was a tough one to make an argument for. Jed Mashu, you did it. You did it so eloquently. Jed, I was let, I'm gonna go back all. to you. You nailed it. I was exactly dead the all. way. <laughs> exactly well, the way you said it was gonna go. You
4: said she was well, taking beating the first round, and then what? You,
5: she broke him in the nudists. I said that if she was going to win, she had to one, well, and I wrote it to this today, she had to ugly the F up out of this fight, which is absolutely weird in the second round. And then I was like, yeah, you know, things are weird and Amanda Nuñez is maybe not, maybe a little complacent here. And this is just one of those things where she has a bad night and Pena comes in, dialed in and makes it a really dirty, ugly fight. And that, like, that's even what Nunes said in her post-fight. She was like, I, I just didn't have it today. Because that's said it a million times. The most difficult thing to do in all of sports is defend a title time in and time out. And especially when you're a minus 1,000 favorite. Like, Even if you are the most psycho competitor, it's, still, it's hard. That has to be difficult every day to wake up when the expectation is you're going to clobber this woman. And even in that second round, like, the it, as far as I could tell from watching it, it looked to me like Nunez, for better or worse, just got into a, okay, I handled her in the first round, was never in danger, everything was fine. I'm just going to hit her, and she's going to fall over. And she kept just hitting her, and maybe didn't fall over, and then, oh, crap, I'm gassed out, and I'm getting jawed, Like... It's just really difficult to defend your belt time in and time out and I never would have said that Juliana Payne was gonna tap Amanda Nunes in the third round, but like, I don't think anyone alive would have thought she'd have got it done that quickly. But she did everything else. She made it really ugly and just turned it into a dog fight and Nunes got a little got overconfident and didn't have her A game today and it cost her. I nailed it as far as I'm
3: concerned. I think you did the bit- second round. Second round. Second round. the second, what round. Was the second round too? That's <laughs> what,
4: they, like Nunes fell apart so quickly. But what I think it's interesting. Is like this is very consistent with how Nunes loses. We just kind of forgot how she loses. If you go, go back and fight past. Watch her fight when she lost to Invicta. Watch how she lost to Katzengano. Watch how she lost to Alexis Davis. It was the same way. Started out strong, faded fast. And I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just. I thought that old. I thought oh, that Amanda Nunes alive? was gone. Oh, you're, oh. you're alive. <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. oh. We just we got, got everybody. Oh. Oh. Media source Sorry, of the everyone. year. Media source Sorry, of the year.
6: Can we blur that out? Can we blur? Can we blur that? Um, <laughs> we do some Mark be honest. I'm kidding. <laughs> Mark we, we love, love media. Media source
5: of the we year love have love predicted Juliana Pena's epic, <laughs> epic upset. Because I know which one I'd rather have. I got four media sources <laughs> of the year. Only one person in the world has the Pena pick and is this guy.
3: <laughs> I was you know what I was thinking is if I was happening Jed remember that between the links episode that just you and I did and we were talking about how I to know. make the PFL better the power bar and the energy bar like that yep. fight in particular would be the perfect litmus test for how that energy bar would work because like be it would have been perfect fight for it <laughs> perfect fight for it Oh man,
5: I need to get with somebody to develop that It's a really good idea But let's let AK have a victory lap too Because yes, so oh, yeah. I'm the great genius of unexpected things I was wrong about the main event And Sorry. one man, at least here, was certainly not
3: Yes, uh, so teasing said victory lap We have the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alexander K. Lee Who wanted to come on and take his own victory lap Charles yes. Oliveira goes in there and defends his title against Dustin Poirier. He submits him in the 3rd round, gets it done, answered all the questions, faced some adversity. Does he have the heart? Does he quit? Can he get over the hump? He did all of those things. And then he actually broke Dustin Poirier. He actually broke Dustin Poirier and put him away in the 3rd round. So on your market set go AK lap away
6: yeah this listen this was re- this one was a little, it was definitely touch and go though i mean i think for a lot of Poirier supporters it was going exactly as they thought it would like he was he was really messing olivera this is this just definitely a testament to olivera's uh, toughness not necessarily his defense because he just ate a lot of clean punches and fought through it uh had to get a little underhanded in round two let's be honest there was a blatant glove grab there uh illegal use of the glove uh, which he did use to sweep and get on top could have changed the whole the whole uh, uh, you know rhythm of the fight. I, I I don't blame people. I think from now on, if everyone's going to point to the glove thing like they talk about, you know, Khabib and and Tiramisu or whatever bullcrap, that's fine. He he grabbed the glove. He grabbed that that is a fact. But I think we always talk about MMA. <laughs> Unfortunately, and I love it because I think both guys are really nice guys and really honorable. <laughs> I think we kind of we kind of joke like, well, you know, if you cheat and you don't get caught. Then so be it. Then that's that's the game. That's the way the business works. And, and in this case, it did serve Oliveira well. Did he need to do that to win the fight? I don't know. You know, uh, he certainly did, and it did lead to him winning round two, and then uh, winning round three. As Mike said, may, maybe you know, breaking um, Porrely a little bit in round two. Though I did feel like, uh, as Dean Thomas pointed out, that Porrely did kind of know what he was doing. That he 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 unfortunately probably took more damage than he wanted to, but was content with, like, okay, I, I don't want to give him any sort of situation where he can put me in a more dangerous position, so I'm going to keep him in a closed guard and, and just ride the round out. But it was for a long time. It's five rounds. And it was certainly, yeah. yeah, but it certainly wasn't coming for him. Too.
4: You got 10-8-ed, unfortunately. Yeah, I, it wasn't, I,
6: didn't, I didn't give him a ten eight because I would have said, because then if you did, I think you'd have Poirier a poor, 10-8 did, in first round. Did, didn't I judges- think Poirier I didn't, oh, I didn't see his scorecard, so I didn't see his mic. Mike, card. Yeah. two judges? At
3: two 8 okay. yeah. I disagree with yeah.
6: 10-8, but two judges did give it 10 Because oh, he had him down for so long. Yeah, I think the first round, I guess they saw it as somewhat more back and forth, though I thought Poirier did as much damage in round one as mm-hmm. as Oliveira did in round two. But again, The optics of being on top for so long affects the score. But either way, like, uh, yeah, the, uh, you couldn't have gone wrong with either pick. I was very confident Oliveira, and frankly, I just couldn't get off the bandwagon because I'd been pushing it for so long, I think. Since even before he beat Chandler, I was like, "This guy is my number one." I think he's going to beat Chandler. I think he's he, he you know he becomes the UFC champion. Um, and uh, and I hope this doesn't hurt the narrative of Dustin Poirier too much. That oh, he needed to win the big one to be considered. He's still a top five lightweight. I think Oliveira maybe jumps over him now on most people's lists. list. Uh, talking all time, and uh, and who knows how high Oliveira can go if he has to defend if he can string together some more defenses because he he's going to have to do it against the likes of like Justin Gaethje. Probably Islam Makachev or even Benil Dariush would be a tough title defense if he beats Makachev. So he has a chance to build his legacy now. But, um, yeah, very happy to see him get the win. Uh, and sil- silence a, a lot of doubters. A lot of people who did not have him as their consensus number one. Um, so good for good for De Bronx and, and all of us Bronx supporters.
0: Well said, AK. Yeah, I just have to say quickly, the way that this whole... Poirier title, or not Poirier, but Olivera title run has played out, and in particular these last two fights, it's almost too perfect in a way, right? Because obviously the narrative that followed this guy for a long time in his career, and we're so sick of hearing it was, oh, he's a front runner, he doesn't have the heart, even after, you know, he wins this weird UFC title fight where it didn't really feel like this was a true title fight but he does come back in, in this fight against Michael Chandler. and wins the round. It, 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 I'm sorry, wins the fight. Even then, you have people, his contemporaries, Justin Gaethje, all these guys saying, oh, Charles Oliveira doesn't have a heart. He doesn't. He wilts when, when the adversity comes. He, he can't overcome the trouble. And then he does it again t- tonight where he spends that whole first round just getting eaten hammers from Dustin Poirier over and over and over, knockdowns. It just comes out and dominates the next two rounds. I am so sick and tired of this narrative, and at this point, it, it, it was already beyond lazy before UFC 269. But at this point, I never want to hear anybody talk about this and repeat this same tired line ever again. Charles Oliveira is the furthest thing from a front. Runner. The way that this run has gone is one of the most inspirational things, frankly, we've ever seen. His career was a side note in this lightweight division for a long time. He was this guy who couldn't make weight. He has these cool submission stats, but he's never going to accomplish anything, and now he, he He's, he's someone who just continually keeps overcoming his adversity over and over again and welcomes it, and it's it's just incredible to watch, man. And I don't want to hear anybody ever, ever again doubt this man's heart, doubt this man's will to, and desire to continue uh, doing things like that. It's just incredible. man. It's one of the more incredible things we've seen.
4: What's the difference between Olivera and Nunes, though? Because that's what Nunes, to me, her big thing was, before she became this run, this long run, she was a front runner that eventually just... Wilton, is there, could Charles Oliveira turn into an Amanda, like, like,
0: well, so the difference is, right, the difference is Amanda Nunes just spent the last six years doing whatever she wanted kind of right just like she was just winning time. yeah being just in being in front the whole time for the most part like she didn't have to deal with that and at a certain point when you're that person for one year two years three years four years at a certain point like i would imagine it's just easy to get tired of it right or easy to get maybe a little complacent easy to maybe take a day off on training here that sort of thing i'm not saying i know that she did that but i just it's natural inherent as a human being when you're on the top that long to get bored a little bit to just kind of stop seeing things people certain people as you know know these really difficult challengers and uh, i'm just going to walk through this girl just like i walked through all these other girls charles is not there he, he, he's not going to be there for a long time because he did have to overcome so much just to even get to this point uh, yeah, I, I, to me it's just it's crazy it's crazy, it's crazy to see.
3: yeah one of the questions sean that we had heading into this fight was who needed this one more? Was it Charles Oliveira to, to answer those questions and prove those doubters wrong? Or was it Dustin Poirier who, by the way, and and we I, I kept trying to like see if anyone could make an argument for Dustin Poirier. And even me, I thought it was closer than some of the other people thought it was. Everyone said it was a runaway, a landslide for Charles Oliveira. But I thought it was actually a little bit closer because of what that title meant to Dustin Poirier. Like he's got this mental mantle with all these awards and accolades and titles and interim titles, and we know much the interim title meant to him. But him coming up short tonight, I don't think it hurts his legacy or the way people view him whatsoever, but in his own mind, how much is losing tonight gonna bother him in the long run, do you think?
0: Would actually disagree with you a little bit i think it does hurt his legacy a tiny bit if i'm being honest and that, that's that kind of hurts to say because i like dustin poirier a lot as a man as a human being as an athlete he's incredible in a lot of ways right but i was one of the people who thought he was the number one lightweight in the world after habib retired and I've been banging that drum ever since been retired, and he was sort of that uncrowned champion. But we just saw tonight that probably wasn't true. And so, was there ever a point in his life where he was that number one lightweight? It's hard to say, right? I think that hurts his legacy, and I think that probably, like you said, Mike, I think it's going to hurt him internally too. When he, when he thinks about it, he's going to have that question still, and he's not going to have that validation because that validation is really what he's been searching for for all of his career. Like we, we've lived and died with this guy the whole way through and he's an emotional guy he wears his heart on his sleeve and it hurts to see him like that because we've seen him like that before he said tonight you know i'm sick of, of crying in these press conferences in front of media guys and it's just like dude i i was there in, in abu dhabi when he lost to Habib, and, and you know i've been there for other various press conferences where this sort of thing happens with dustin and it's tough to say i mean he's one of the greatest lightweights of all time he's definitely on the short list but it's gonna he is gonna maybe go down as that guy who's one of the great fighters to never win a true undisputed title and i think that hurts him more than it
3: yeah i think there's like when we talk about it i definitely think there's a certain ding that the legacy takes right but just looking on social media and seeing how fans can be react and be fickle We're not seeing a lot of Dustin Poirier hate. We're not seeing a lot of, oh, this guy sucked. He's a flash of the pan. Oh, he just beat Connor. We're seeing a lot more praise for Charles Oliveira and what he was able to do because he defeated a guy of the stature of Dustin Poirier. So yeah, certainly a ding in the rankings, certainly a ding to the legacy. But overall, the view of Dustin Poirier, at least right now, doesn't change a whole hell of a lot. It just almost enhances what Charles Oliveira did tonight, which is kind of the point I was trying to make. But uh, great stuff. I mean, two really good fights, some really interesting storylines. Do um, you want to just go to the peeps, Casey? Because, I mean, they, they, I'm sure they're going to want to bring up some stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, let them control the narrative a little bit.
4: But peeps, so, so, so many fights. And so, many we so many peeps. So many peeps, though. So, let's so many go. peeps. All
5: right. I want to say on the Poirier thing, though, I think that this one is going to bother the hell out of them. Mm, um, not, maybe not because of the loss in general, but the way that fight played out, I think he's going to watch the tape and just hate everything he did. Um, and like I picked Poirier, I thought Poirier was going to win. I thought he didn't look good walking to the cage. Like I don't know, you know, body language, armchair psychologist or whatever. I thought Oliveira looked freaking dialed. Like he he was ready to go make a statement. I thought Poirier looked a little disengaged. And he won the first round, clearly, but it, it was, to me, that first round, like, when Olivera survived it, I I would have bet a ton of money on Oliveira coming out of that. It, it was like John Jones, Daniel Cormier. Like, Cormier was putting the wood to him, you know, early, but Jones kept attacking the body and was clearly laying the foundation to win later. He was going to win the war if he lost, lose the battle. And Poirier just, I don't think brawling necessarily was bad, but... I I thought every middle tactic he did was not strong. He got sucked into a he didn't want to or should have competed in. And it was full credit to Oliveira. Like that was clearly what they dialed up. They planned it. They executed it to perfection. He was landing those knees those intercepting knees, those knees inside. That little short uppercut, he landed a hundred times on Dustin Poirier in the clinch. I thought Oliveira to your point, Mike Oliver looked sensational. Like, I hadn't had him as the number one dude. When we do our rankings. He's got it for me. Like, I thought he looked fan-freaking-tastic.
3: Yep. Do you think there's. He knew, any- he, he knew his guy. He knew his guy he to a exactly T. He knew exactly he what he was going to do. In.
5: And I thought, and if you had told me coming in that that was his plan, I'd have been like, that's insane because he's going to have to eat <laughs> a bunch of rockets from Dustin <laughs> Poirier and he's going to get melted. And honestly like that is objectively true but he ate him and he didn't get melted so like full credit to that dude that's one bad man
6: look this is two fights in a row where he could have the bronx could have been taken out in the first round he was getting killed by chandler killed in the first round and, and chandler, chandler I think, should have made, won that fight he, he kind of made more of a tactical error yeah. i think uh then Porey was perfect Poray knocked him down kind of went for a little ground and pound and then Backed away. Backed backed, away. When he jumped
4: jumped in um, Oliveira's guard, I was like, "No!" And he got out. Like, "Yeah!" And
6: (laughs) And that was like 90 seconds to work in round one. So I'm like, "Poirier's got a plan. Like, this is going exactly as he wants to." If Oliveira once he gets back up, I don't know if he's going to make it to the next round. But I mean, he he did survive. And like I said, his striking and his defense overall's, even though I criticized defense before, it's still better than it used to be. But still, I mean, you know, you're fighting Justin Poirier. How good can it be? Um, So yeah, uh, this it's crazy. He just doesn't. He doesn't have that air of invincibility of a Habib, obviously. So I don't. You know, I don't want to make those comparisons. But it really is impressive that he came back from adversity. Because Michael Chandler could have been the UFC champion when they fought, and now it doesn't Fourier. And you run this fight back a hundred times. It's it goes what fifty fifty, fifty one forty nine, fifty five forty five. Like they're just so they're so well matched, and it just wasn't it just wasn't Fourier's night tonight. Um, and Oliveira again it has been on such a hot streak. He's got the hottest hand of the dice game I've seen in a long time. Because yeah. He fights a very risky style, and he's just been the man that's been coming out on top, uh, which is a testament to his toughness and like how friggin' skilled he is. Holy
5: Roman crap. <laughs> sevens, baby! The Conor McGregor strategy every, every to time. Man. Yeah,
6: every time. Right.
4: I, I you do in agree. the back door, I, I, little Joe. Yeah, if they fought hundred times, I I do agree. It's like 55, 45. I don't know. It's super close. Like I don't. This isn't one of those fights, w- dogs. <laughs> this isn't one of those fights where you think you know Oliveira's gonna win every single time. But um. Oh, let me you continue. I gotta get the dog. All right. But also that. Uh,
0: it was- <laughs> That's sort of the state of the lightweight division right now, right? Like, all of these guys feel so close to each other. Like, obviously, Chucky Olives is the guy right now. He's the man. But it feels like any of these top lightweights could win on any given night. And it's just really cool to see because we had this very long period of dominance there with Habib. And then the, 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 the Connor era before it was very weird because there was just the title was in limbo for so long. But now we're here and we're rolling. And all of these lightweights, again, on any given night, the, the margin of victory, the margin of error with all of them is so narrow it's it feels so cool to just be in this space right now in the in the cluster of guys we have at the top of this division it feels like any given title fight could just be a switch it switch it switch at the reins right like it's just it's crazy to see i can't remember a division where the parody was was this close uh at a moment like this
6: who are, picking, yeah. who, who are you guys picking who are you guys picking let me hear it right now who you guys who are, mike, oh, mike let me let me throw it to you 1st i'm probably man. picking game oh Sean?
5: Oh, God, Probably going to pick Gaethje again. Gaethje for sure. I would have picked Gaethje to win against Poirier in a rematch. I think either he he or Makachev, I think best lightweights on the planet. Uh, Oliveira deservedly is the number one guy. But if I'm just picking who's winning tomorrow. uh, And that's actually the only thing I disagree with you, uh, John, because I mean, lightweight's the best division of the sport, so a ton of parity. But I think there's a really good chance Makachev is just like 80% of Khabib, which is still better than everybody else by like a pretty clear margin in the division. (laughs) So I I don't – I think he's going to get the belt next year and he's probably going to have it for for a hot minute.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that fight between him and Darius because that's, that's all we've been waiting for, right? Like, we're all convinced that this guy very well could be the best 55er in the world, but he just doesn't have that top five win, and he's going to get his opportunity coming up in February, so... Uh, by the way in case really you guys quicker. weren't aware oh go ahead go ahead John just
0: really quickly if you're Dustin Poirier right now is your move to just hold out and sit and sort of wait on the sidelines until Conor McGregor is ready and then get that fourth back
3: That or, or that or just go for Nate just Let's get that Nate, Nate fight right they're not going to give him bad. Nate
0: though they're not going to well, they wouldn't give they wouldn't give Nate Dustin i guess it's a better yeah. way to say this, right, like that feels like it's too. I don't. It feels like it's too big of a fight to, to let Nate have on his way out if he's really like on his way out. There's I mean, a loss for Nate feels to like, have on his way out. I'm just saying it feels like they're not trying to give Nate any favors on the way out, and that kind of would be a little bit of a favor of like, hey, here's a big name and it's sort of a big spot in his career. I, I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'm wrong, but if that doesn't come up, it feels like Dustin yeah, kind of yeah. waiting for Connor might be his best option. Right.
3: I agree. I think and if Dustin a, wants it, if Dustin wants it and calls for it, I think he'll get it. But if he sits and waits and just Diaz does his Twitter thing and just starts dropping tweets on Poirier, I don't think it does anything. But I think if Dustin Poirier in a, you know, a couple weeks, he goes on Ariel's show and he just cuts a scathing promo on wanting to punch Nate Diaz in the face at 170 pounds, I think the UFC would give him that fight, but only in that sense. Go ahead, Casey. Oh,
4: was like, I mean, the Dustin we saw tonight, I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% sure he beats Nate Diaz at 170. I know Jed was like, he's going to take a loss, but. I'd- I don't know I, I, I did think Dustin was the best lightweight coming into tonight you know it's, there are holes there are still holes with Dustin Poirier unfortunately especially you know I think a guy as durable as Nate Diaz and the grappling I don't know and, and he would be undersized I'm just saying um, that's why That's why I, I kind of agree with Sean I don't think that fight would happen not by much. I don't even know that yeah, it's holds though, right? It's
0: just like that's Dustin's style. That's what we why we love Dustin is he could win or lose any fight at any given moment just because he's so willing to engage and brawl with all of these guys. I totally agree. Great
3: for questions? We had a million bonuses tonight. Oh yeah, a million while well, we blow up the questions. Uh, Pedro Munoz, Dominic Cruz, fight of the night. I think that's right. Uh, six performance bonuses. Bruno Silva, Tai Tuivasa, Kai Car France, Juliana Pena, of course, Sean O'Malley. Charles Oliveira and poor Jillian Robertson almost loses an eyeball and takes on someone who missed weight by like 14 pounds, gets a submission in the first round, and no bonus for her. I know players Another and Andre Muniz, I get it. Like, UFC, and Andre Muniz gets another nasty armbar first round submission. No, no. One-way one traffic, and he doesn't get any. Tony, this is Kelly, why... Tony Kelly just breaks Randy Costa, Nothing. puts him away in the second. No bonus. This is he, why... Two rounds.
6: That man drove all the way to Las Vegas with no mask on, uh, and just, so he didn't have to put on a mask. Give it, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but this is why we either – obviously, ideally, you get rid of the whole bonus system and you just raise salaries. You know, uh, you get win-loss system gone, bonuses gone, raise the salaries to the appropriate level. Or given auto, if you're going to keep the bonuses, 50 Gs for every finish. Everyone who finishes gets 50 Gs. If we're – because if you want to say, oh well, you know, you want to make a distinction, what the best performances were? They gave out six tonight. They gave out six. Clearly, them being special doesn't matter. It just, just say, if you finish a fight, you get fifty Gs or a hundred Gs. If we have to keep the stupid bonus system, but and um, you oh. get fifty ahead, Gs okay.
4: for surviving a fight against Ryan Hall. Derek he should Manor. get it's
6: extra fifty Gs. They should take care of Derek Manner for the rest of his life because he's a changed man. I know he's a changed man and maybe the second greatest grappler of all time because. <laughs> He somehow went the distance with Ryan Hall. I, I'll have to watch that fight again multiple times to understand how. But uh, I agree with Casey with what you said. Derek Mander deserves a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah.
5: Plus, if we get rid of the bonus system, there will be two very big benefits. One, Charles Oliveira will be, have the most bonuses or whatever, however they've been couched <laughs> forever. Sure. So Clay will be thrilled. <laughs> and I okay. would pay $100 a pay-per-view mm-hmm. if they will just pay the fighters more so I don't hear every post-fight interview begging for cash like, Like that, they are they are impoverished people. Like it is, it's the worst look ever, and it genuinely hurts my viewing experience to know that every undercard fighter, even if their win was garbage, like I hope that's good enough. Fifty Gs, Dana. God, just pay these people a fair wage for the love of all things.
4: I love, I love. (laughs) They're fighting the highest level of their sport in the biggest pay per view in a sold out arena, and they have roommates. (laughs)
3: <laughs> what was the first thing Tai Tuivasa said when he went into the media room before anyone even asked him a question? He picked up the microphone and said 50G's. 50G's I reckon. First, that was the first thing he said. And then when he was asked a question, what was his first answer? 50G's. 50 50G's 50 again.
0: This man, this man. I love that man. Drinks. This, man, man. Drinks so of,
6: this man drinks out of shoes. He needs more than $50,000 to ch- turn his life around, okay? D- d- give him, again, like I said, increase the bonuses or just pay him more money. This man needs help. I love Taito Tuavasta. Stop drinking out of shoes. All right.
0: Oh, no way. He's, he's what are you, living what are you the out? gimmick. Are you kidding me? That's his gimmick. He, it's a fa- fantastic. Right after he won, this we have different monitors here in the media room, so we can kind of see things when it's on commercial. Right after he won, there were just... Lines of fans in the stands taking their shoes off faster than I've ever seen people take their shoes off and holding their (laughs) shoes and their beers in their hands aloft just waiting for the chance of Ty doing a shoey out of their shoe. That guy has the best gimmick going in the UFC right now. I absolutely love it. I asked him earlier. I asked him in the, in the, the media availability why'd you pick Barbie girl as your walkout song? What was the inspiration for that? And his, his, he had a one line answer of I'm a Barbie girl. That's fantastic, man. This dude is is so spectacular in every possible way. Four straight wins now after a three fight losing streak. I'm so happy he's still in our lives and doing this on a big stage like this. Like you can't, that's true heavyweight MMA right there. When you have a guy doing that, doing shoe, he's on the cage and doing shoe, he's at the crowd. He got into like an altercation with a a security Security, guard here in the arena because they were trying to like, usher him out and push yeah. him out of the arena and like hey hey you can't be doing this with these fans and he got like legitimately mad like he was like real upset about it back here when we brought him back it was uh i love that man i love him so much
3: he should have people been on the main to card and so knock people thing. out and do shoeies that was his answer and it was brilliant he just everything comes out of his mouth i'm, I'm just fascinated by it go ahead AK. he, he should have been on the main effect. card yeah.
6: instead instead him and sakai instead of the neil Nibio fight should, that should have been on the main card. With respect to Neil and Ponson, I get. It. I guess they're cons- considered higher ranked than than uh, Tuvasa and Sakai. Greg Hardy weekend. is on the main card.
4: I, I, I didn't want to say it, but if you're yeah. going to keep putting Greg Hardy <laughs> so, on main
6: cards, he's on the. Open, but
4: isn't on the main card. What are we not doing? Greg Hardy.
6: Yeah. Tuvasa is a star. Vasa a star. is a star. Like this is absurd. You should be putting on pay per view. I, I, I get. It. I know a lot of these fighters. Like, oh, I'm happy to be on ESPN, ESPN Plus, whatever. But there is still a distinction between being on free or I guess subscription television and being on pay-per-view and tied to that should be on pay-per-view his walkout was not played up I don't know if you guys got it in the US I didn't get it in Canada nope. yeah okay so we didn't nope. get it up here and I had to read that he came out to Barbie girl I did not get to hear it or see his Barbie girl energy <laughs> Huge mistake, UFC, huge Shaheen, mistake. Can, can, can
4: you show us the energy right now? The, the...
0: <laughs> What's that? There <laughs> it is. Can you give us that
6: Barbie girl energy? There's the energy.
0: Is that the Barbie oh, girl? It was. it was, it was <laughs> just fantastic. But really quickly, <laughs> so we're getting kicked out of here at okay. yeah, the media room seconds, but I do want to just talk uh, about yeah. something. The symmetry tonight, Of. Um, what happened with Cody Garbrandt and what happened with Dominic Cruz, to me, is just almost so poetic and it's so strange now, this place that we've reached with Cody Garbrandt because I think he's gonna, he's gonna be, the saga of Cody Garbrandt is gonna be one of the more like difficult things to explain to the next generation it's looking like because we've reached a point with this guy where that win over Dominic Cruz, which in my mind remains one of the most brilliant performances we have ever seen from a title challenger in UFC history. That is becoming now a footnote to a career that feels like it peaked at, like, age 25. Like, th- this is really crazy at this point. I can't think of any comparisons for a precipitous drop to this degree. I mean, this is a guy who's now lost four, five of his last six. He's been knocked down seven times over that stretch. And, I mean, tonight, this was a bad one, man. Like, he came in here with his brain dehydrated worse than it's ever been before to make this cut to 125. And I think he got knocked down like three more times, adding to that total. Like, that's not the stat we want to see from a guy who's 30 years old, man. And obviously in retrospect, maybe someone who's historically struggled with durability issues coming down to this way, we should have seen this coming, but, it's just a sad outcome for, to my mind, for a guy that, obviously you don't want to write anybody off this early in their career, but at one point we were looking at this guy like a future legend, and now I genuinely like don't even know really what to do with Cody Garbrandt, like, do you try to let him keep going at 125, do you make him go back up to 135, the Dominic Cruz rematch is suddenly kind of, like, interesting to me, like, Casey, you threw that out, and to me that fight kind of actually makes a lot of sense I, I don't know, it's it's just so bizarre this place we've reached with Cody I, I, I didn't see it coming, I really didn't, I thought after that cruise fight that this is going to be a, a future Hall of Famer and it's just, it has not played out that way Yeah, very interesting
3: stuff what a 30 for 30 that's going to be someday the new Dude. love story
5: I was thinking about it after this fight he's he's Johnny Hendricks like this is the exact same career Johnny Hendricks had maybe more wins before he got the title, but he lost it and then just was done. And I can't figure out the common thread that has made both of them be awful, but that is, yeah, super weird. going to be really weird to look back on Cody Garber (laughs) and think he was a UFC champion in like 15 years.
4: Do you have to go, Sean?
5: Yeah,
0: I do have to go, but uh, appreciate okay. you guys and uh, keep killing.
3: Love everybody. Love you, Sean. Right, right. uh, love you, Sean. He is, live from Las Vegas, Mr. Sean O'Shotty, um, jumping on in.
6: Let's give give Garbrandt. I I still say give him one more shot at 125. I know that oh, seems a like a terrible a idea that a lot of people. I just think, yeah, I I think like I don't. I honestly don't think the cut was as bad for him as people think. I don't think. Let me put it this. Way, I don't think it made his chin any worse. I know. I know. Like, how could it not? But. I think it's bad at 135 or 125, but he seemed to be okay with making the weight cut. I, honestly, he didn't look – he didn't look worse to me in this fight than he has in some of his recent he fights at 135. He got big shots. Yeah, they, I, I really don't think it's a chin. He just gets hit hard. I, I don't think it's a – Yeah, it's a
4: defensive issue. It's a tactical yeah, he, issue. Um, yeah,
6: he just
5: – I agree that – I don't. I agree. I don't think the chin, but like – literally the thing that his career was made on was he's a good wrestler because he didn't get taken Mm -hmm. down at 135. It's super Mm -hmm. fast hands. And he doesn't have those at 125. He's just middle of the road. I would, I would ballpark, but I I thought, uh, Kara France looked faster than him. Mm -hmm. And there were some tactical things that maybe played a role, but like, Dude, I I think he's way better served at 135 where he has a market speed advantage. And it's not like – he didn't lose at Bantamweight because he was physically overpowered. Mm -hmm. He should take – he needs to take every advantage he can get in the fight at this point because let's be honest. He's not tactically great. Like he's just not. And that's – Yeah. So he he needs that speed edge big
6: time. (laughs) Here's the thing that's getting lost in this though is is that Kai Car France is really good, yes, like he's yeah. really good. I was saying this I, I, when this matchup was made. I was saying this in the previous shows we did. I was like, I don't want this to become like if something you know bad happens to Cody that it's like oh he just like he just sucks now. It's like Kai Car France is really 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 good. So if he looks slow compared to like Kai Car France, it's like that has more to do with Kai Car France than than Cody. It doesn't matter what weight class Cody fights at. I mean. It, So I I think, like I said, I I don't want to say this was the wrong opponent for him because I get it. They wanted to give him a top 10 guy so he could win and they could shoot him right into a title shot. But that was so misguided. And and Mike, you kind of joked about it. Like if he'd been thrown in there, I think you said, if he had been thrown in there with Figueredo last year, Figueredo would have murdered him. A terrible. Right. Oh, yeah. Murder tonight. Right. <laughs> hey, so, what do you got yeah. to murder tonight? So like, I, I just I do I do feel like there's there is like fights he can have at 125. And I get it, he's he's one of those guys who's become a victim of his own success. He's a former UFC champion. Yeah. Um, he was still ranked at Bantamweight when he when he moved down to flyweight. So it's like it's like, well, how can you move him like give him guys outside the top 15? But I wouldn't mind seeing him fighting like I mean, there's a lot of good flyweight is so good because it's a smaller division, so everyone there is like close to elite. Um I don't know, like a Bruno Silva, the 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 flyweight version. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know Zaruk Adeshev. I'm, I'm I'm having to look at my rankings right now. I'm not just yeah. pulling these names out of my my head here. Uh, Mark De La Rosa, if he's still around, I'm not sure he is. Um, a Francisco Figueroa. Francisco Figueiredo. He couldn't yeah, fight he... Francisco Figueroa. Like, yeah. I think there's fights for him. I get it that are not appealing to him. Probably, like if he looks at these names, like. But if he wants to take a step back and be realistic, I do think that he has he can compete at 125. But I just think this fight was really bad against a great opponent um and we saw like the worst of him and i know we've been seeing the worst of him for a while but i'm, I'm not quite giving up on this weight class change yet i don't know why i have no i, I don't know why maybe
4: maybe I'm, cody Garbrandt I'm just isn't
6: well
4: what isn't well what what is wrong with cody Gar- Garbrandt? just maybe just not being a top 10 fighter maybe he's i, I know he doesn't fight like clay guida but clay guida's fought like two thousand fights in the ufc and he's 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 scratched being a top 10 fighter maybe once i don't know maybe maybe he just maybe he's just a guy that's just good and he just we just gotta get over the fact that he's not elite he's just a good action fighter and he just fights in the the mid card mid-range cards i know or
5: there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that at all casey the problem is the way that this has gone about like i don't have any issues with the wins and losses for him cool he has a ceiling that's fine i do have an issue when he's I i forget who put up the stat He's been dropped seven times in his last yeah. six fights. Michael Carroll. Michael Carroll. Michael Carroll. Okay. No, He's Marco been Charlie. knocked like knocked out, knocked out in four of his last six fights. Like that's that's super, super bad.
4: I think we need to like that up.
5: is I don't know if his if he never had a great chin or he got cracked, however I, what you will to call it, his chin is certainly not the best and it's not getting Ooh. better. And I – if I was hit part of his team, I would have a legitimate conversation about retiring, not because he cannot compete against a number of people, but because anytime somebody gets dropped seven times, that's – you should at least have that conversation and be like, hey, there are other ways to make money that don't jeopardize your long-term health because that's like a real thing. And I will now always be afraid of him getting got again anytime he goes in the cage
3: yeah and it sucks and the problem is i understand we'd love to see cody garbrandt take a step back and fight the 45th ranked bantamweight or flyweight (laughs) in the world unfortunately when you are booked to fight for a title less than a year ago and then you are if you won tonight if you want a split decision tonight you are fighting for the title next year you can't just fight somebody out of the rankings your name has value you are a former champion you present some sort of intrigue. When Cody Garbrandt is involved in a fight, people care about it. So putting him against Zaruk Adeshev makes absolutely no sense. It makes literally no sense. There are no tune up fights when you're Cody Garbrandt right now. Just Why not- can't there be? Can't- Why can't there be? Because yeah. this, is this is not Candyland. This is not Candyland. It just isn't. I'd love to. Greg Hardy roll gets, gets 10,000 tune up fights. This is Candyland if you're the right fighter. Okay, I, when I, Greg Hardy is a world saying- champion. When Greg Hardy becomes a world champion and that's starts getting title role. shots, that's not a rule. It's just—I mean, Casey, come on, dude. This is the UFC. You've been covering the sport for like over a decade now. This is how the UFC does business. This is how they've done also, business forever. When you're also, Cody more Garbrandt,
5: Cody Garbrandt's not taking the fight. Cody Garbrandt clearly doesn't think there's anything wrong. Like it's like why he's fighting gonna fight. In like he is
6: but i mean, fight. If we're saying about what what has to change. Then it definitely insane. starts with him. It definitely starts with him. Like I mean, like I I am just yeah, saying it's not it's impossible. Not We've to. seen stranger things happen in MMA, and I, and I think there is a path to him becoming a respectable, successful fighter again. But it's a long path. It's not the path that they've been trying to put him on now. Like we're just we just a row of nonstop killers. So.
3: Right, but there's Again, no well, it makes no sense to fight Zaruk Adishov because if he loses why? to Zaruk Adishov, you're done. Then you're done. For, well, then then he's you're done. already done. Isn't if he, he loses to anybody, he's done. Isn't he done already? <laughs> there's, can't no can't already? there's zero he can't reward can't. beating Zaruk Adishov. Uh, zero. I mean, I mean, I mean, zero. If he, zero he
6: fights Manila, if he fights oh, Manel Kopp and gets killed, he's done. If he fights Sean O'Malley and gets killed, he's done. Yeah, If he gets killed he's fights it makes sense. He's done. Can those we at least fights, give him a fight right. where we think he can? We give him a fight where he think he'd be favored. Is that not like? No. Can we not do that? Yeah, he's like he just had, had a fight fights. where he I was favored. favored.
3: He just had a fight where he was favored tonight, and he shouldn't have been. And he shouldn't he, have been. He, and He shouldn't have been.
6: That that was. A, and he should was, have been. That was an undersell, Kai. I don't think any. I don't know how many of us picked. Uh, cody
3: i don't i think picked, he I picked thing. him to win by first round really? knockout just because well, i had questions about kai car francis chin just as much as i had questions about cody sure. garbrandt's chin and if cody sure. was going to win he was going to do it in the first round and plus i knew everybody else was going to pick kai Kaur, france so it was worth the flyer <laughs> to, to pick cody sure. garbrandt to win in the first round that he would actually like throw punches and stuff mm-hmm. but he didn't and that's what happened so but sorry i, I it's just not the way the ufc does business Chris Wyman I agree with that, but The doesn't make sense.
6: End doesn't f- make sense
3: Chris Wyman just got his leg true. broken by Uriah Hall. Sure. They're not going to give him a tune up fight. He's going to end up fighting freaking Andre Muniz sometime next year. God, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I'm sorry. <laughs> it sucks. I'd love to see Chris Wyman fight a guy who just got a contract on the Contender Series, but it's just not going to happen. That's just. I do. The, it's the way it is. I really
5: like the Garbrandt-Cruz rematch. I don't know if Cruz yeah. would take it. That's a problem. Yeah. But Casey, I, I like that. I am. That's. I think that's pretty fascinating because the more I think back on that fight, I, I'm starting to think that the reason Garbrandt was able to win is because Dominic Cruz doesn't hit all that hard. He's not, yeah, I'm he's so, not a hard hitter. Yeah, he, he doesn't hit all that hard. So like it was fine and that's still the same. So he might actually still be able to win that because I also think Dom's pretty faded.
3: Yeah, he even He had to
5: sneak. in the Dom disrespect. Yeah, Dom
3: I told you Dom, Dom was really? going to win that fight. I told you. I, 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 I picked called picked him too. All right, question. Right, let's go to the people. You're all driving me nuts. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm with the us. Uh, I'm with you on, on, on the. I, I didn't. I thought Cruz stole.
3: Did Dominic get gifted a win? I had it a draw. I had round one Pedro. 10-9. Dom took round two and round three, 10-9 each. Round three, 10-9 yeah, each? What? No, like it's wait, that's not a draw. Uh, wait, uh, so, so no, no, how he, did you remember, score to draw? Are pe- you no, saying the
6: first if, round was a 10-8? Yeah, that's no, what you to saying. He, he, says, he, says he eight, clearly bro. says 10-9 here. No, yeah, no. he means 10-8.
3: He
5: means 10-8
4: he means he means, he means he eight eight for 10, the first no, round. No, the first round was not a 10-8. He got dropped twice,
5: but... I actually would have scored it a 10-8 if we were doing a live blog on it.
4: I didn't think it was a ten a. Uh, remember, Dom actually finished really strong that round. I, I did. He did. Yeah.
3: Dom won he every second of that fight until fight. he got dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need the three Ds, and it wasn't a gift. It, it wasn't a gift. The Pedro did really well. It was.
6: I thought I thought was fight the night.
4: I was fighting fight of the night. Was that fight of the night? Great fight.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I lost nice.
6: fight
4: of And did anyone see that? Be, did anyone coming into this card think that was going to be fight of the night?
5: No. No. Well, yeah, not really. Yeah. yeah, we
4: all we all thought, oh, Veger's gonna chop his legs up and that's gonna be the fight. And that's not he what He didn't happens. do that like at all. Pick Cruz,
6: I don't know about that. I picked
4: Cruz. Yeah. So. Well, I mean if, if, so did the fight kinda go how you thought it was gonna go? Um
6: AK? None I didn't think he'd get knocked. I didn't think he'd get knocked down like that in the first round, I'll tell you that much. I thought it was over, man. I thought uh I thought I'm uh, to Keith Peterson's
4: <laughs> I'm glad I love Dom I love Dom's pettiness and I'm glad we got to throw some Keith Peterson um shade in there. That was God bless Dom.
6: Yes. (laughs) He had to. Even after getting punched in the head many, many times with Pedro Munoz, he had the wherewithal to throw a little shot at it.
3: No nonsense. He did not get gifted a win. That was a clear win. Have you talked about Garbrandt yet? Where does it go now? We just Uh, talked about Garbrandt for 28 minutes. No, I I don't recall mentioning it. (laughs) AK Uh, wants to send him to the Contender Series. Casey wants to send him to Titan FC, but still get UFC money. No, no, I just Uh, just make him a mid-level guy. We're we're done talking about Cody Garbrandt. There are so many other things.
6: I
5: want to send Cody Garbrandt to the farm. He's done.
1: Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smart Water Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit (laughs) drinksmartwater.com.
4: Let's talk about this lady. Yeah, sure. Oh my god. That's I, what people I, are saying. I'm so glad
3: we I'm, I'm very glad that we get to address this now because I think I think mm-hmm. a lot of this is being blown out of proportion and I'll explain why in a moment. So, uh for those on the podcast feed, MMA dog is asking, so guys, Kayla Harrison's next stop can only be Bellator now, right? Because Juliana Peña beat Amanda Nunes. I don't think that's the case. I'll I'm going to explain my stance in a second, but a lot of people feel like there's a video that has surfaced. ESPN put it out there that after Juliana Pena won the title, Michael Chiesa, it was the beginning of an epic trip to the octagon, apparently, according to Dana White and some other people, uh, very close to Chiesa. But towards the end of this little clip that ESPN MMA puts out, you see Kayla Harrison with her back turned, screaming the F word over and over again. And Ali Abdulaziz is there like trying to calm her down. And a lot of people are just like, "Up." Oh, Kayla's responding to all the money flying out the window, which maybe that's the case, or maybe she's responding to a teammate who she's worked with for a long time that she has talked about helping her get ready for the PFL finals. And for her PFL season, losing a fight, it could have been a combination of the two, but a lot of people are just like, Oh, Kayla's pissed because the UFC must have offered her $10 million to fight Amanda Nunes. And I just don't think that's the case whatsoever. Am, am I wrong, AK? Am I wrong about this? Uh, no, not at all. I, I mean that that number is
6: definitely exorbitant. Um, I don't no, know, not her, ten million, but a big not You know what I'm trying to say? A big chunk. The number yeah, doesn't I, matter. It so doesn't matter. The number I It's A big say, chunk of change. I I didn't see the clip, so I can't speak to exactly like what or her, her rea- she was reacting to or how she was reacting. Um, but I mean, but I mean, to the I I, I do think that she obviously would if she w- if there is going to be a fight with Amanda, she was certainly hoping it would be. She wanted to be the first one to beat her how, how, uh, since uh, 2014. How can you not want to be that woman? You know, Amanda's been built up so much, and to see someone else who no one was even talking about as a contender like six months ago, to see someone else take <laughs> that from you. Uh no, Jed, you were talking about it for a week. So settle down. All right. You just you just wait. got on the week. Settle down. Since settle, Wednesday, down. You, you, settle down. Since
5: Wednesday. Settle not down. Week.
6: Yeah. Uh, so but uh,
5: last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. That's, oh, yeah, okay, that's last Wednesday. Right, okay, Wednesday. Right, okay ten right. days.
6: Ten days. That's all That's all. I'm sorry. I said a week. i I apologize. At least <laughs> at least 10 days, possibly two weeks, as far as I know. Um, but uh yeah, to have that taken away from you, I mean, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. I'm, I'm of the opinion. I still think it's a great fight to see, but uh, for sure it loses a lot of its intrigue because the whole yeah. point of it is this broad question of who can beat Amanda Nunez? And now we know it's Juliana Pena. Julia Pena can beat Amanda Nunez. We just saw – and three other three other women who fought uh, Amanda Nunez can beat her. So uh, I, I guess now in the other sense it would be for uh, – for now, now who can beat Kayla Harrison? But I think I think what MMA Dog is suggesting is, well, shouldn't we see if Cyborg is the person who can do that first before we maybe circle around to you know Amanda Nunez? Let's say let's say you know Kayla Harrison does beat Cyborg, then you go later and say, well, Amanda is still out there,
3: and who knows who else, right? Jed, your thoughts on Kayla Harrison and what this means for her?
5: Uh, I think you're dead on, Mike. Uh, the similar clip was surfaced with Misha Tate, um, like losing her mind celebrating people like, oh, she's stoked that Nunez isn't the champion. No, I'm she's not. worked with Pena like, for a long time and is stoked yeah. about that. Um, you guys are really trying to make things more than they are. Uh, so I, I don't think that now Kayla goes to Bellator. I think that that was always the most obvious choice for her, for her Bellator has a much more established uh, one pound women's division. I think that Scott Coker is much better to work with, and I think that there would be much more of an opportunity for her to sign a short-term deal to basically just go get the three fights or whatever that she wants over there, and then she can you know, be a free agent in and sort of reassess. I think she can play this extremely cagely, and that is what she will do, and signing with the UFC will take a lot of autonomy away from her. I am also not entirely sold that this throws a bunch of money out the window, I totally get the argument and that is probably correct. But to me, I think there's still some interest like in – if Kayla goes to Bellator, uh, I think all of us on this program would pick Amanda Nunes to win a rematch with Juliana Pena. Now that Pena got the – the you know my win out of the way, I would probably not pick her in a rematch. Um, and so – I think that it it is highly likely Nunez will get the title back. Uh, they'll do a trilogy probably, and then you know if Nunez wins two, it's kind of like Stipe versus DC. Everyone sort of forgets that DC bolted Stipe the first time they fought because he got the two. Um, so this is a setback, but ultimately, if a year and a half down the line, Nunez has the belt again. Hey, uh, Kayla has picked up some more like legit wins. Not that her PFL wins aren't legit, but she got bigger names on the resume. She's a Bellator champion or whatever. Uh, I think that fight is still huge. And I will have a lot more interest, frankly, in seeing a more vulnerable Amanda Nunes against Kayla Harrison. Like, I think, I think that that is a much more, a much more sellable story. I'm, Ultimately, that still may not be as Wait, much as... The
4: UFC is going to sell. <laughs> this woman, she can be beaten. Let's see if she can be beaten again. That that's that's the sellable angle for I me mean, now. I
5: I think that that is that is a storyline that is compelling. Is hey, we have actually seen this woman lose before, and you know Kayla Harrison is this this wunderkind or whatever. Like, let's see where this shakes out. And maybe that doesn't sell as much. But we also talked about it on the pre-fight show. Amanda Nunez really isn't selling a whole much anyway. So this is this is sold entirely on Kayla Harrison and I think she's doing just fine. Do
3: you have a do you have a thought on this, Casey? Oh, I've just see I've never
4: seen someone scream the F word so loud <laughs> unless they're losing a crap ton of money. <laughs> wow. let you me say that, you that, that, that was like 50. ripping your betting ticket up like no well, let, let me ask that wasn't like oh my training partner lost no <laughs> no it was like i lost a lot of money the ufc had ufc put a free agent a free agent on camera on camera free, yeah a free, a, a, and they've done
3: this what, before they've done really it before? before with who uh brock lesnar like 17 times yeah, and kayla harrison's very smart and they wanted very brock shrewd and they want Kayla Harrison and they didn't get Brock Lesnar the last three times. W- and they wanted Kayla Harrison to fight
4: Amanda Nunes, the GOAT, not the woman that just lost to Julia Pena because she got
5: tired. Well, Kayla okay, Harrison listen. can still fight Valentina Shevchenko, the-, the actual GOAT.
3: Ah, uh, there All you right, go. Hold now, on, hold now, on. now
4: you're thinking big. You're thinking big, at Jed. I like that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> that's we got some, we got some foul talk in there. Listen. <laughs>
3: I I will make the argument that Kayla Harrison just being shown on camera tonight made her way more money than she had like even Friday because PFL saw it, Bellator saw it, they know she's there, Brock Lesnar style, WWE up their offers every time they saw Brock Lesnar at a UFC event, Bellator and PFL, their offers have significantly raised. So I don't think money is an issue whatsoever. Secondly- I think the UFC is third, maybe fourth on her to-do list right now. One, because the UFC shit all over her until like a week ago, just trashed her resume, trashed her everything about her. Amanda Nunes would murder her. All these different things that Dana White said. So I think Kayla just showing up there is very smart. Take the meetings, get shown on pay-per-view. It makes your value go up. Bellator is probably the best place for her. It's the best place for all parties involved, in my opinion. Bellator will treat her well. They will pay her a ton of money because they got it, and she will have legit competition. By the way, she's a mom now. PFL, go get that Millie. I think PFL is still number one. I think PFL is one. Bellator is a strong two, and the UFC is just like they're the bargaining chip.
5: PFL a free million dollars.
3: It is one yes, year. and she's probably making like six figures crazy. every fight too. She's probably making like six figures every time she even competes. And if she
5: goes back, she gets to like Julia Budd's a good win. Like that is a good yes. win on her resume. PFL. I, you and I have said this for for months that PFL is number one, Mike. And I think she goes back for one more run.
4: I at least one more. I disagree because Dana White is a businessman and he isn't trying to make Kayla Harrison money. Dana White is trying to make himself money. And he goes, he went to the director goes, "Get Kayla Harrison that seat. Tell my graphics guy, but Kayla Harrison's make a graphic with Kayla Harrison and put her on our pay-per-view." That cuz they were intending to sign her. They were tending that big newness. They were intending to make that newness fight at 45 and everything went Pfft,
3: tonight. I never thought that fight would happen anyways. I, I never saw it, I, I never
5: think Kayla Harrison versus Juliana Pena is a big fight.
4: It
0: could be <laughs> at 45. I do I forty five. I kind of want to do that actually. At forty five, Juliana Pena, the former the
4: former flyweight,
3: going go okay. up to forty five. I, I think the UFC I think, the UFC I think but the UFC gets her. But it would
5: UFC be gets, fun gets on
3: the mic. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think I, I just yeah. I, I don't think her, her I don't think her maybe her UFC offer drops slightly, but her, her overall offers from the other parties interested. Nope, not at all. I don't think she lost a dime tonight. She, lo- she lost a bitter.
5: What else do we have?
6: Casey, do you no see she this question? Didn't. Arthur. Okay. Oh, we can talk about this too from Sandy Fam.
3: Uh thoughts on Priscilla Cachuera. Former UFC fighter, round. probably. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Mike, you were so you felt so good about that, like <laughs> yeah. as that fight was kicking off, too. You were like, she was one second yeah, away. She was one it. second
3: away from winning that fight. <laughs> One that thumb away. What yeah. said.
5: She's got to make it out of the first round, and she
3: just she's got to make it out of the first. Do it. Yep, she couldn't do I, it.
5: Okay. The, the thought.
4: How about this? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Does yeah. that apply? To, does that apply here?
3: I mean, how many times can you cheat before you can before that narrative changes? Because she already missed weight. Now she's trying to gouge out eyes. Now we got two <laughs> yeah. two attempts at cheating. Well, no, no. Yeah. She
4: did. Did she get in trouble for gouging the eye?
6: Oh,
3: listen, listen. If she had won the fight, I, I, I would have been.
6: it was a a see it. It i would have given her credit i would have given her credit for the same with olivera and and vice versa if if if, uh had overcome olivera's dastardly tactics and just knocked him out i would have been like yeah he got what he deserved so so it's the same way if catcher had somehow gotten away with trying to gouge out uh uh robertson's eye with her thumb uh i would have been like that's effed up but like good for her she got the win she's still in the ufc now i think she lost and she deserves to be punished for her for uh her cheating not she'll paying off and i think she's out of here yeah yeah, she yeah she'll get cut
4: yeah win or lose, i poke i gouge or not she was i think she was getting she was done by losing this fight
5: it's Casey, DC somebody's eyes and still lose? Well, though, she like she had
3: back-to-back finishes, back-to-back know, finish wins. So, yeah. admit the weight miss was was not good though, because okay. that's not the first time she missed weight. Yeah.
6: She also has some assault allegations against her from an ex-girlfriend, uh, which Germaine Cruz has reported on. So, it, I don't see I, they really should just wash their hands of of uh, Catcheware at this point. I'm sorry to say, but yes. Um, <laughs> Casey, do you see this question from Arthur Agababian about uh, tough? Do you see that question?
4: Oh, tough, oh, of course. Cool. You see the tough question. I just want to answer this one quickly. Oh, okay. I, 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 I a, had to wait, go. The, on. I just the, want to. The answer question, to question he
6: spammed six thousand times. Yes, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll read it Luna's out. Right. coaching. No, no. Colby versus Dustin Ultimate Fighter. or Colby versus Jorge Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I guess coaching. Uh, here's what I'll say. Neither, neither. Stop putting great fighters on the Ultimate Fighter. Just book their fights. The Ultimate Fighter does nothing. No one will watch anyway. They don't change the show. It will not make the show more compelling. You know how I know this. I'm the, the only person who's watched every effing season of The Overland Fighter on the planet. I can tell you the problem with the show is not the coaches. You could put any I, – I, I should add an asterisk. I think you should get coaches who are better made for TV and not active fighters. Get Chael Sonnen on there. So do like Iron Chef style. Have a rotation of like six coaches who are good for television. Put Chael Sonnen on there. Matt Serra. Uh, 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 Dan Lambert pay these guys pay these guys to be regular coaches and have fun with the concept and have no risk of delaying fights if you guys look at like the last like 12 or 13 ultimate fighters which why would you again I'm the only one who watches the (laughs) stupid show still so many of these fights ended up falling through and I get it that can happen anyway but I think when you put like a nine month gap between like the booking uh, you know the announcement of the coaching and the actual fights you're just you're playing with fire what you're if? asking for something bad to happen. So stop putting good fighters on the show. People aren't going to watch anyway. It will create this very, very little, almost imperceptible rating spike. And all you're doing is like, oh, well, now instead of getting to see uh, uh, Colby and Jorge fight right away, we have to wait till fucking nine fucking nine months. Don't do this, people. Don't do this.
5: What if we do the exact opposite of what AK is saying and instead of <laughs> taking two active fighters, we take four of them? And we have four teams, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they t- and it's sort of like an IFL hybrid, but then all of their fighters work through in some sort of a gauntlet fashion, and whoever ends up winning the team competitions, whoever are the top two team finishers, then those two coaches fight each other at the end of it, and the two teams losing coaches fight, so we can sit four people on ice for six months, but there will at least be some sort of stakes for the coaches, in this television show does that do anything for you ak
6: no let's bring you know what Let, you want multiple coaches let's bring back fight master bellator fight master yeah. season two uh, 16 years after listen you're getting that with wf what is it the wfl in
5: 2020 oh. organizations getting we're, off the ground we're not talking
3: <laughs> about that by the way by the way uh, I'm kind of I'm on Team Jed with this, and the reason why Jed is because you're trying something new, Do something cool, you're trying something different. There's like a lot okay? of room. This what is a the UFC. Okay they do that. not do yes. that. Change I know. up the ultra fighter. You're, you're former, at least please. trying to do so. The whole thing, everything. If I see another basketball jersey on that show, I'm going to lose my shit. Like enough is Tom. enough. Like do, I like the suggestion so from
6: Spambot. Get DC. To, I like that they're not active fighters. Oh, no, they're, that is a good. They're, one. they're both they're not good they're not Tom. Tom. Spambot, That's not bad at it. DC and Dom Spambot. That's excellent. Yeah, Cormier and do- Cruz. Excellent. Dom's great coach.
5: Dominic Cruz fought an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> we retired. <laughs> not an active fighter. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs>
4: active. <laughs> he just got fight of the night. You're like, ah. Yes.
5: <laughs> not an active fighter. Well, how quickly we move on. (laughs) But at the same time, Cruz is a guy that's got to fight like
3: once, maybe twice a year. So he's a two-a-year guy at best.
5: Let's talk about... tough can be cool, guys. We're
3: still in tough, God dang
5: it. (laughs) The contender series is the outlet for like new talent to come into the organization. Let tough be your innovation space. Like tough can be R&D. You can try different rule sets in tough. You can do anything you wanted in tough and they Left just have no imagination.
4: Oh, no imagination. <laughs> basketball jerseys. Gotta get time. the wheel? Let's do different color basketball
3: jerseys Eric.
5: We can bring in the the power bar, Mike. We can bring the damage bar to tough.
3: Um the wheel. We need the wheel. God, so
6: many ideas. <laughs> I, I see some people asking uh, on, about Neil. Ne- on our fa-
4: on
5: our oh, fan q on,
4: on our fan on our fan QA, we talked about if Julia Pena wins, which she did, of course, of course she was going to win because the Oracle said so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oracle. Is it the biggest upset UFC history? How does it, and we kind of, pop culture, it, it, I don't, we felt like it, w- it wouldn't cross over if, if she did win. So, like, how do we feel, like, how did it feel compared to Ronda versus Holly? <sighs>
6: It's so that's different. It's just it's just so different because Ronda is so much more famous than Amanda Nunez.
3: Amanda Nunez. i The goat. The goat.
6: Huh? You know she was. It's fine, goat, but that's ask look everyone in the MMA space we call it that ask any average person if they know who Amanda nunez is if she's the goat of anything they they I'm sorry they, your average person does not know who Amanda Nunes is compared to compared to Ronda Rousey at the time you Ronda Rousey uh, was ubiquitous uh, her level of celebrity was again before well, McGregor I, I agree. was higher yeah. was higher than any MMA fighter we'd ever seen um so it, it doesn't compare in that sense uh but like like I think we sort of said on the pre-shows for those in the know the home win was far more likely uh, than the uh, the Pena win, unless you're Jed Michoud, of course. At which point, it was very obvious. Never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, never in doubt.
5: Never in doubt. I think we can't um,
6: we we can't forget the just the incredible
4: violence that Holly Holm won that fight into, and just. Holm? Oh, and the
6: way like how outmatched the, the, you could tell Rousey build, was. The build to that ha-
4: knockout was just incredible.
6: When when Rousey was like hitting air and running into the fence, you could see yeah. the crowd. The crowd was like what is go- like again, filled with probably with a little more a little more of a casual audience when you have a crowd that big. Like the attendance was enormous, right? Yeah, it was like a, uh, uh, there was a like stadium. a what the hell is going on? Vibe to it. The highlights of this day, you watch them, and you're like, oh wow! Like th- they don't look like they're even near the same class. Uh, and home, you know, then delivers the head kick, hurt around the world.
5: Also, uh,
3: yeah,
5: Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey is one of the three funniest moments in MMA history. <laughs> the Mike Goldberg takes a lot of energy being a rock star. Is thank you. That's a great line. Might be my favorite quote in the history of this <laughs> so- Takes a lot of energy getting your ass kicked, Mike. (laughs) I don't know that we're ever topping that line, and that counts for a lot.
6: So good, so good.
5: Like if if Cormier had said something real dumb about Amanda Nunes, then it maybe. But that line is just one of the best. Miss you, Goldie. One of the best.
3: (laughs)
4: DC was like, oh, Nunes is trying to tire out Peña right now. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, this – I mean, listen, all of us in the MMA space, if you were there, it's a different moment. But just like watching it in a funnel, I think the moments are – this is probably way more of an unlikely result. But it's just like Casey said; it's just not going to cross over. Like yeah. the Ronda, the Ronda loss. Like you turn on your local news, like it your local everywhere. news, no matter how yeah. big or small your town is. If your town had 175 people, they were talking about that. They were talking okay. about Hall, Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey.
5: It is a mom test. I got so many text messages after that happened. I'm not going to wake up to anything tomorrow about like, holy, that happened.
3: Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, same yeah. thing. Yeah, very true. Same. Not one, not And keep in on, we we manager. move
6: we, like we move in social circles that are at least most like vaguely familiar with MMA just by being associated with us. And they they'll no the Amanda Nunez thing will not register
3: at all. Yeah, that's why I'll I get did. more text. I'll get more texts next week than I got this week. Yeah, because I, of the Jake Paul fight.
4: Yeah, I was. But even tonight's oh, too fight. I thought
3: it
5: was Derrick Lewis. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it won't <laughs> be anything about Derek Lewis. Oh, even, I, I
5: have friends who like Derek Lewis. Oh, no, my balls is hot, man. That's Oh, that's I loved it. That. Derek's Busty TV.
3: But, but none of my friends are going to be asking me about Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins They're going to be asking me about stupid Jake Paul yeah. and Tyron Woodley fighting again. But
4: I was honestly more yeah. shocked at how Oliveira won than how Pena won. Not that Pena – Pena, Pena won in the way that I thought she was – if she won, she was going to win. The way Oliveira did it, I just didn't think – I just didn't – think he had it in him to do that and he does obviously and so that I, I i had a bigger emotional response actually watching olivera win so um i don't know it's just um yeah so yeah it's so different uh, it's it just a different feel it's really interesting Ooh, let's talk about friend of the show
3: tristan gorda has this always been an issue with randy Costa in regards of his cardio it's the second straight fire where he's gotten tired he he you exactly just gotta listen to
5: me you're talking about this mike
3: i literally said exactly that um and it wasn't even a cardio thing I, I it was a cardio thing tonight i think i think the cardio played a factor certainly but i think tony kelly also did his homework and did it very well um randy is just a fun fighter he wants to go in there and just dead dudes in a minute and throughout his regional run he did exactly that makes his ufc debut on short notice at four 0 almost deads brandon davis in the first round but when you don't When he doesn't dead these dudes in the first round, it gets a little frustrating for him, and we see what happens after that. Brandon Davis finished him in the second round. Adrian Yanez finished him in the second round, and he got finished tonight in the second round. You can get Randy Costa out of that first round. It's a little daunting for him. Like, it's just like, wow, like, I hit this dude pretty hard, and he didn't go down, and I didn't finish the fight. Like, what the hell, man? Like, I think it's more – cardio definitely played a factor in tonight, mostly because Tony Kelly was so – offensive in that first round. Mm-hmm. Uh it was ugly. It was not a technical masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. Those are the kind of fights that you beat Randy Costa in. Like you just gotta dog him. You gotta dog him and get him tired. And you gotta take take the soul from him. And if you could take some punishment, you can take the soul from him. And I love Randy Costa. He's a great guy. He was on our preview show what a week, eight days ago and did a tremendous job. Good dude. But that's just his issue. He's a fun fighter, but if you get him out of the first round, you can beat him. And Tony Kelly did a great job tonight. Uh, one more question before uh, yeah. we go: Where does Valentina fit into all of this? Jed, go, Chevy truck oh, driver. Man.
5: The <laughs> Pena win was so great, not only because <laughs> I called it, but because of what it does for the other the other thing that I've been pushing long, long before anybody else, and it's that Valentina Shevchenko is the best fighter I've ever seen in comparison to her peers. I have her ranked as my number one female fighter uh, pound for pound. I have, I think, since we started doing the rankings, and she definitely will get that spot on all of our rankings at the end of this month, deservedly so, it's just the best valentina uh i know uh pena said that she wants to run it back with valentina good for her it's what you should say as a champion it's an awful idea Valentina's gonna beat that ass so you should i mean it's six one is <laughs> gonna do the same thing uh but you got you got the belt and you earned it so enjoy it juliana but you don't want those problems from valentina Shevchenko. uh But yeah, she fits into this by being the best female fighter in the world, and you should cherish her the same way you should have cherished Amanda Nunes because, again, no disrespect to Amanda Nunes at all. It's incredibly difficult to defend a title for six years. She defended belts, maybe not the same one, but six years. That's the type of stuff that literally only the best fighters who have ever competed in this sport have done. She is in rarefied air, and full kudos to her. She probably will get the belt back, but – the bullet train, baby. The Chevy truck. She's the top lady now, and she's going to hang on to that as long as she wants it.
6: Yeah, and uh, I saw Sandy Fam asking earlier, uh, where where is Juliana Pena now going to land in the pound for pound? So this is interesting. Like you said, I do think we're all going to put Shevchenko number one. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, Nunez, it's weird. Like I just – this is one of those situations where I don't think Pena necessarily takes Nunez's spot, right? Is that fair to say? Like she doesn't automatically beat her and take her spot in the pound for pound rankings, right?
5: She's going to take her in mine. Because – pound cause,
6: and that's fine. She beat her. But pound for pound I always think also is normally has to have a wider – like you know we look at it as like body of work, right? Sure. That's generally – again, it's so open to interpretation. So it's funny. I don't know how far Nunez will drop and I don't know how high – Pena can go. So just look at our consensus. Nunez number one right now. Uh, Shevchenko number two. Namajunas and Cyborg tied for third. And uh, Zhang Li at number five. So Nunez will drop out of number one. Do you drop her below Namajunas and and Cyborg yeah. as well? But but she beat Cyborg. I so, well, you drop you can't drop below Cyborg. I,
5: but she I also definitely drop her below Namajunas and okay. Cyborg. I'll have to grapple with it just because right. It's tough. And
6: and, but, and Pena and then Pena does she jump above you? You, you so she she's just number I'm two. Just
5: I'm going to put Pena so above so just
6: number so just number two.
5: Yep. Uh, no,
6: probably three. That's tough. I'll put her behind Rose. You put her behind Rose. Okay, Rose will be your new number two. Okay, I right. We'll, we'll, gonna, see we, we, yeah, we'll see team when team we – yeah, we'll see when she – I haven't thought about it fully.
5: i out. I get what you're saying and I don't necessarily – Yeah, yeah. It's tough, right? have to, have to do yeah. it just because if you're looking at body of work. But I think it's really tough because the body of work that Juliana Peña just – she just straight up beat that ass. Mm-hmm. And that's – that counts for a whole lot. Casey? Yeah.
4: I think pound for pound, pound rankings are stupid. Yes. We, that we can all agree. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't understand how they – I actually I have no idea how they work. They're dumb. Done. They're done. Yeah. Um, They're done. One thing we need to talk about is um, real quick before we get off, anything you want to talk about, um, Andre Muniz
6: or Aaron Blanchfield? Too, I thought uh, great. Muniz mm-hmm. is a real problem, and man, it's it's reminding me a little bit of when Damien Maya was kind of wrecking people. Very different guys, but I'm saying Damien Maya was wrecking people at middleweight, and everyone's like, "Oh, is he the guy to beat Anderson Silva?" Like, you know, Anderson Silva, like he's got a good jujitsu. But if if he fought Maya and Maya got him to the ground, and we did eventually see that fight with Maya as a short notice replacement, so even then there was a little bit of doubt. But it was a very very horrible fight, and no one ever wanted to see that again. So, but I wonder my, if Muniz is now kind of the same way. Is he the new kind of? Damian Maya, one eighty five. He, he is thirty one. It's not
4: like he's a prospect. He's kind of we're seeing the, pretty much a his lot time. of experience. Yeah, yeah. He's so. like
6: twenty something fights under his belt already. Yeah. So I was like, is he the guy? Now people say, oh, well, can he if he if he gets uh, uh, Israel uh, Edison to the ground, is he going to submit him? So it reminds me a little bit of the Maya Silva talk. Again, this is a long time ago. I know people would be like, what? Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Like that actually was a thing once upon a time. And I think Muniz and uh, and and uh, could be the same thing, but i don't know i don't know how close he is we'll see what happens with uh disney on whitaker that rematch that was now officially announced today um we had reported yeah, it for uh, the not. february yeah the february pay-per-view and then uh, but muniz is right in there four and in the ufc uh and just looks yeah. badass yeah. as hell maybe he just needs a ranked take take out a top 10 guy or something but um he's yeah. not far away from a title shot at all
4: yeah
5: Dude, that dude's fire uh aaron blanchfield oh. i i would be a lot more excited about her and i still am like she's freaking great uh, she is going to run into the Mighty Mouse problem really fast, where because Valentina's just already whipped the crap mm. out of everybody else in the division. Blanchfield's new and exciting. She is probably like two wins away from a title fight, which oh, will be two. way too early, and she's going to get clobbered. Um, but what's, that's what's, just sort of that's the one benefit to being a long reigning champion. If you can clean out a division, you get to pick off young prospects before they can really really get the yep. seasoning that they need. Uh, but otherwise, like, I mean, Aaron Blanchfield is probably going to be someone that's with us for the next 10 years of our lives. She so
4: 20, uh, what's, what's, what was the record for youngest champ in the UFC?
5: Uh, technically it is John Jones. The true champion is Jose Aldo. Cause he was the youngest champion back when the WEC was in the area of the UFC, but they didn't fold them over because of tax mm-hmm. purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, what, 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 what age Jones, was it? But what age? 23 and some months.
4: 23 and some months. I won't be surprised uh, if UFC tries just just because they need uh, to sell Shevchenko fights. Yeah. They, I mean, might they, put, they, totally they might put, they might just just yeah. for that yeah. selling point. I mean, that's that's the whole that was the whole Macy Barber angle. She's gonna be the youngest mm-hmm. champ ever, so obviously that didn't pan out. Maybe it was, maybe it's Aaron Blanchfield,
6: and she's cool. she's yeah. a really high level grappler. And I which, hope which they I mean, don't. Shevchenko? I hope they don't do yeah. that. No. But, oh God, no.
4: But selling, but they got they got to make money. They got they got to sell Shevchenko fights.
3: Yeah, so no, don't. Two years, two years away. Two years away. You don't need to sell uh, Shevchenko fights. You don't need to sell Shevchenko fights because she's a co-main event. You don't need to sell her fights. That's true. That's you true. Put her she's underneath somebody two
5: division champion when she kicks. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to.
3: Pena. Maybe there's no need to rush to any of these. She should go up. eh? She's she never a need. But Pena, that's Pena, right? what, hey,
4: you talk about that's what the UFC does. The UFC, talking about the UFC does. They love rushing people, and that's what the UFC does. You don't need to. They don't they don't need to, you don't need to in this they, they case. don't they don't need to give Cody They they need to give Cody Garber an easy fight. They're not. They don't need to rush Aaron Blanchfield. They will. You know, that's that's we're mm. talking about patterns that the UFC does. This is what they do.
3: Uh let yeah, me yeah, do I don't I think Aaron bad. Blanchfield Aaron Blanchfield will not fight for a UFC title until at least 2023. <laughs> like <laughs> end of goodness. 2023. So that's, oh, <laughs> I think Let's early
5: go. 2023 is is right in the wheelhouse. Oh, I think gosh, I, hope not. I think late 2023. 2023.
3: All right. uh, maybe yeah, two, well, years, two years 18 months of two years
4: isn't that, right. so, is, is, like, is that not rushing is 24 years old not no rushing? that's
3: not rushing oh, i mean rushing right. would be it's throwing a into a title fight this year which the ufc has done things like I that think, in the yeah, past talking, i think you I need think to sell
5: the word in rushing and preparedness right like yeah. she's it's not a rush technically because she has earned her way up, but she is not going to be at the peak of her powers by oh. the time she's fighting Valentina Shevchenko for a title. Mm-hmm. Of course not.
3: No, no that's kind What of you, you need back. to do is not just, you don't promote, you don't even promote Erin Blanchfield as her own entity. You promote this entire flyweight 2.0 class as like this next crop of killers. Her, Casey O'Neill, like, Tyler Miranda, Santos. Random Mavericks still. Random Mavericks still. Miranda games. Mavericks, yeah, think, still, yeah, Miranda yeah, Mavericks sure. still. Yeah. Men, all, men yeah, I, I definitely all. see some holes. I certainly see some holes in Miranda Mavericks game that I didn't see before. Oh, that's her um, she needs. It's, Miranda needs to. Miranda. First of all, Miranda needs to find a home and she needs to stay there. Like she can't keep bouncing around from gym to gym to gym to gym, getting different coaches, different coaches. You could tell she felt uncomfortable even with the great Elliot Marshall in the corner. It just wasn't the same. She wasn't the same fighter and she's doing a lot of, exploration and that's fine that's fine now's the time to do that um but i need to see some consistency before i get excited for i mean i still think she's super talented there's a high ceiling for her but she needs to she needs to figure it out up here in terms of miranda maverick the fighter she's miranda maverick you know the student and the then the teacher assistant and you know going for all these different degrees she's got her She's got her stuff together. There's no doubt about it. But <laughs> if she wants to be a world champion, yeah. that's a very important thing she's got to sure. do.
4: It could take a while. I mean, when we saw Jim Miller you know, submit Charles Oliveira, you know, whatever years ago, where, like no one was going, yeah, Charles Oliveira just needs to tune up a couple of things and he'll be champion in a few years. He's like, you know, it's just – these things take time. Yeah, it's but be, Miranda Maverick's not going to fight that
3: long. She's just not. She's going to fight till she's like 28 or 29 and be done. Gotta she, gotta she doesn't need to. Hopefully. Hopefully. Exactly.
6: All right. uh, so, guys, I threw up a poll about an hour ago. Uh, who wins if Charles Oliveira fights Justin Gaethje? Gaethje. And it's Gaethje. and keep in mind. Well, I know that you guys said that. Keep in mind Gaethje. a lot of recency a lot of recency bias right now. Seventy five percent Charles Oliveira. Wow, twenty five percent. Yes, seventy five percent. We, but we literally wow. just saw Charles Oliveira fight and 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 uh, win in impressive fashion against Dustin Poirier, so some, I can see why. I, I, I'm some, also we picking Oliveira twice in the first round. I know, Wait, that, yeah, but that was you know <laughs> that was that was five, the first round. You see, round two and was three, the first round. <laughs> exactly, those are more recent. Uh, but no, but I'm with you know me. I'm, I'm with the the Oliveira voters. I, I definitely I, I'm yeah. picking Oliveira, but uh, but yeah, I think if the fight gets made and we ask this question, you know, three months from now, it's going to be a lot closer. It'll, it'll definitely be a lot closer. Can't play the music. I think oh, no.
1: Yeah. Oh no, go. We go can't
5: on, play sorry. yet because we would be really bad at our jobs and our YouTube uh, algorithm if we didn't talk about Sean O'Malley. And we oh haven't no. talked about Sean. Did we O'Malley? not mention him at all. What is there to say? What's there to say? You want I People we, we really like Sean O'Malley, so we should talk oh, okay. about him. Well, I, now I'm we just, said it.
6: Now we can put it in the in the description. Yeah.
5: yeah, yeah. I also have Leg- a at the comments. But I would be shocked if nobody was like.
6: There actually isn't a, a lot. lot. I, I, in the comments, there actually isn't a lot of O'Malley Paiva talk. I've been looking at yeah, the comments I've, the whole time. I haven't seen him either, yeah. Because really? there's not a lot to say. Kinda he, kinda he looked accepted. awesome. He looked awesome. He beat a good uh, good fighter who, again, I think is really a natural – is really Did more of a flyweight than awesome. a bantamweight. Sure. Yeah, he looked great. Mm-hmm. He looked, like we said, we were saying before that, that Paiva was tough, and he smoked Paiva. So I think we oh, got to yeah. give credit where credit's due. Um, <laughs> again, he needs to – does he need to fight higher-ranked guys? I mean maybe, but if he keeps – putting on impressive performances on pay-per-view against again middle-ranked bantamweights. I don't think he's going to complain as long as his his, his uh, pay goes up on his next contract. He's he's not going to care. So uh, yeah, he looked good. He did exactly what he said he was going to do and and is sticking he, he really created this narrative of the unranked champion, which some people seem to like. Uh, it was good. It was it was it was just a great a, a really good appearance for O'Malley, I think.
5: So like so I he need- is, he's is going to have a ranking on Tuesday and his next fight is going to be against a ranked guy. Who do you think – like who do we think that that should be? I think he's like a legitimately interesting prospect. I don't care about him at all as a person or Mm -hmm. like his stardom. But I think that he is a fascinating fighter to watch and I have no idea if he can – Get out of my shot, Esther. But (laughs) like I don't know. I Josh Emmett doesn't seem like a good match for him, but maybe it is. As reason, so not in
6: the same weight class. I mean that's probably why yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't want I would go to. Sorry, uh, right, terrible imagine, my, my, I mean, match for him. Marvel matchmaking here.
5: <laughs> it's up very up late. It's, it's late. very yeah, late. <laughs> it's very late. Uh I
6: I'm
5: I was not thinking Josh Emmett, uh the dude that Aldo trains with who's also built like a fire hydrant.
3: Who who dropped
5: Marab? Marab, Marab, Marab Valashvili. Oh god, no. No, they'd no, keep no. him away. Oh, absolutely
3: not.
4: Get out Marab- of here. Are Marab- you Marab- I, think, I think Marab would never take that fight. He'll, he'll be insulted. I, it's right
3: not now. worth it for him either right now. Oh, he would take Actually, it? Marab-, Marab would absolutely take that fight. Are you
1: crazy? Think Why would he not Marab- take
5: that Marab- fight? He
3: would walk his way to a victory. Yeah. No one is in the it, top five is going to fight Marab-, Marab right now. Oh, if, it,
4: well, it, since he can't, if he can't get a fight from anyone else, then I can see that. Yeah, you're right.
3: I still Dude, like Rob the Yannis Font- fight. Rob Font, after beating after beating Cody Garbrandt, felt that Sean O'Malley was a was a more interesting fight than Dominic Cruz.
5: Ooh, maybe that's, Rob Font. I think it.
3: Rob Font, O'Malley, you think that would work? Font uh, Rob Font yeah. would definitely take it. Rob Font would 100% take that fight. There's two answers to this question. Ooh. One, We're not doing Proteagar, we don't, we
5: don't
3: want to call That's him one of anything. them. I don't want to see that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. The, unfortunately, the other answer is going to have the same kind of argument because the other answer is Marlon Moraes. Those are the two well, best. I like Marlon. that one. No, I like that like, one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean you could do Frankie Edgar maybe. Um no, but I've no, really gosh, want to no, no stop
6: it stop stop right what there. No, no. <laughs> I love Frankie. I don't got need got to no. see him get I don't need to see him get spinning spin kicked into oblivion. No, I, I I love Frankie. I don't need to see that.
3: Possibility? Yeah, I mean that's it. That's really it. I mean you're not gonna do right. Song right. Yidong. You're not Why gonna not? put that's those two a a right banger, now. Because why, you have two long? like guys under twenty six, you're not gonna have those two fight each other right now. Why not they just had, they had why? Maverick
4: and and uh Blanchard yeah, and, the division 23 right. mm-hmm. and a and one, division has twenty three fighters. In a division has twenty
3: three fighters,
6: I I think they absolutely would do Song and Dong or Adrian Yanez. I don't think there's out of the realm of possibility oh. at all.
5: I mean, both Yanes is maybe. I think he's getting a
3: ranked dude next. Like, he's gonna be. I think you have to. If you're gonna rank right. him, he has to fight a guy next. He has to. He's, He's gonna like, get 14. Wh- I think. Why is he getting ranked? Why is he getting ranked?
5: Well be, Kyler was just, ranked like 15, like two F-Light? weeks ago, and then fell off or whatever.
6: At a- a- bantamweight? Because he beat so. yeah, because he beat Phillips, because Phillips beat Song, so it was kind of yeah. like that spot just kept getting yeah. taken. Like Song had it, 15. And, then <laughs> took, and then Phillips took it, and then Phillips took it, and then Pyev took it. He's on a real ranking. I mean, yeah. yeah now right. Cody exactly. Stam- exactly. Cody at
5: 15 right now. He'll be Sean the Rankings like. O'Malley's getting in the in the rankings next week.
6: Not in ours. Not in ours. Well,
5: the only ones no, that matter.
4: No, O'MalleyFighting.com O'Malley, O'Malley, slash O'Malley, rankings. Rand, Randy Costa. I don't care. I'm just, naming, I'm just throwing names out there. Sure. I don't I don't know. Like I said, gonna I don't, it's, it's not going to be a ranked opponent. It's not going to be a ranked opponent. Nothing will surprise let's, me. Nothing no, will surprise New contract, me. ain't going to be a ranked opponent. I'm going to play the music.
3: Dana White Dana White said we got to pay him. So I think they're going to pay him. I think they will pay him. We got do he's got.
5: Do we have any thoughts on anything, Gay?
3: Uh, who? I
4: thought
6: DNA game
5: won. Jen it's very late. Jen it's very
6: late. It's very late, and I think Mike, I, I don't know, Mike, I think it's me. I think I have to work It's Sunday
3: morning, so it's very late. <laughs> what? We're going, th- this is part one. Don't go yeah. anywhere. We're coming <laughs> oh, back for part to- <laughs> two. <laughs> no, yeah, part two is, part five, is called five. on to the next one. <laughs> yes, we got to do on uh, now. On uh, although a lot of, I think a lot of these are pretty are pretty obvious, but I think so too. Yeah, this will be a good, this will be a good show. This will be a good one. Um, so this then show, you want me to come, yeah, come yeah.
5: on with my predictive powers so you can get right the next fights so that will happen? Uh,
3: I think we're good. Uh, I think we're okay. <laughs> I think we're okay. We got to share that oracle ness for uh, the listeners and maybe I'm myself so and AK can get some I'm odd excited. Odd no points. I'm so excited <laughs> you got to prepare yourself. Yeah, you got to prepare yourself for BTL, Jed Mishu. So that's it. Final pay-per-view in the books. What a pay-per-view calendar year it has been for AK, for Casey, for Jed the Oracle. (laughs) I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Happy birthday, AK. It's not my birthday.
1: Feliz cumpleaños. (laughs) You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip?